0: What's up guys? It's your host Nicholas Posadas back for another week of the amazing award-winning walking home podcast. Today I have with me a previous podcast guest Jonathan Laws along with his friend Connor who is a political savant and uh, knows a lot more than I know for sure. They uh, like to say that The ideas they bring forward balance each other out where Connor will bring a uh, very political heavy based uh, argument or ideas and Jonathan will be able to do the balancing on the spiritual side and uh, come very heavy with that as well. That being said some of the opinions expressed in this podcast or in any of my podcasts in general aren't always uh concrete opinions they're more so ideas or uh philosophies in a way uh that you can either pick up and take something put it back down or all around just leave it and not take anything from it what you do with it is your choice uh i don't ask for you to judge so concretely on these two individuals and me myself in anything uh, any of us will ever do for this podcast because there will be times when both of them come back on to uh, discuss their ideas in more detail or future ideas that they could come with. So honestly, for anybody in the world that you meet, keep your judgment more fluid and I mean, don't, don't even try to judge at all, but for... Whenever you hear uh, ideas that you may deem crazy or out there or whatever type of words you can try to throw on those ideas, just uh, try to think of it more open-mindedly. Like I said, take those ideas, get what you want from them. If you don't get anything from them, then act like you never heard it. It doesn't hurt anybody to do that, and it won't hurt you to learn or try to learn a little something from these two guys. They are uh, very knowledgeable in what they speak about, and one of the main ideas that they bring forth is the idea of being sovereign from the United States, or uh, just a, a free-willing life that uh, you could say some of the early settlers used to live, or the what they like to base back to Federalist ideas. It's more or less explaining a way of how America operated before there was uh, technology that kind of overpowered the, the free will aspect of so many of our lives that we have and that we can access whenever we do want to. Um, so many of us are just hypnotized or confused by these technologies or the way of life that is put in front of you, as soon as you were born, that uh, people don't even think about living with the free will or just uh, doing things that they want to do. Just they don't have to play a part in the governmental system of working till you die, so that uh, you have enough, you pay enough taxes for your government because they do so much for you. Whatever it is, it's very cool, and it's uh, way more explained in the podcast by two people who know a lot more than me about it, and it's getting to the point of forming a group of people that can uh, collaborate and uh, combine their wants and desires to eventually one day achieve the, the same goal. So with all that being said, I got a long podcast for you guys, and I hope you guys listen as much as you can um jonathan law's information will be in the comment section as long as the comment section of the last one in a later post on my uh, instagram check him out check out what he does for a living which is very cool he did the scans on me uh to let me know what my common thoughts were and all that uh good stuff so without further ado i bring you guys the walking home podcast <laughs> All right, so to introduce my two guests, one of them has already been on the podcast, Mr. Jonathan Laws with Forever Diligent, and uh, today he brought through the phone his friend Connor, and uh, they're just going to be here with me today to talk some through some of the political things they see going on in the world today or some of the ideas that they have to put out there for us. So uh, if you want to reintroduce yourself, Jonathan.
1: Sure, sure. Um, as you said, my name is Jonathan Laws. I am a practitioner in energy medicine, and I'm using that as a form of healing for myself and my family and for other people that are, are open to the technology that's available to us. And today, we have on Connor. He's, I've known him um, since he was a baby from birth, and um, we've just kind of recently reconnected and been talking a lot on the telegram app and kind of seeing what our viewpoints are of the world and what's going on what we think is going on um, what's real versus what isn't and kind of the um, control structure that in my opinion has enslaved humanity up until this point and I feel like right now we're um starting to break away from that or a lot of people are looking into what it is to become sovereign and not be essentially give up our god-given rights to any corporation um or regulatory entity and with that being said this isn't legal advice um, we are not here to provide legal counsel, I hold this podcast in reserve and without prejudice and from there I'd like to go ahead and see, uh, what Connor would like to say. He's, um, a really good historian and just a really, he has a wealth of knowledge in, um, a lot of things that aren't my expertise
2: First first things first, I believe introductions are in order, so let me just start with my name and I'll go from there. My name is Connor McCauley. I was born in Dallas, Texas, presumably in 1996, and I have lived in... uh, like the lower half of it, like North, like the suburb of North Dallas, Carrollton, for about like almost 20 years of my life thus far, and currently I am working on getting my GED so I can pursue a uh, career in politics and applied history at some point. Plan to get this idea I have for a. Um, political magazine off the ground. It's kind of like Reason, but it's so, instead of it being Libertarian, it's all America first ideas. I'm thinking of calling it MAGA-zine. <laughs> it just rolls, rolls, rolls off the tongue, just like that. It's like, and people are...
1: So then I guess the, the, the yeah. MAGA would be in all-capital? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I... I like... Full disclosure, I came up with that on my own. Nobody else suggested <laughs> it to me,
2: so that's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, you uh, you may want to reserve that. <laughs> in the, in the, how you can reserve uh, that. I'm like, de- By getting it off the ground, it's going to be trademarked, and I'm probably going to get what who's
2: it's to be an investor since this whole movement's just now picking up steam and all that, and it's been sort of. Uh, i wouldn't say it's been laying dormant or anything i would say it's just i would i would say that it's just just beginning
1: yeah yeah i think it's it's necessary in the current climate that we're in and not just here in the united states but it seems like around the world with a bunch of tyrannical governments that are essentially challenging a lot of people's rights and their knowledge base on what they are and aren't able um, to say no to.
2: Yeah, it's like the the, 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 the the interesting part of that that I've noticed. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of patriots even in like Japan and that those parts of the world that are like really there are more people in japan i've noticed that are on board with the whole like the whole trump trumpian base and the movement than there are people in america and i've noticed there's a lot more people that have more positive sentiment towards trump and and those parts of the world but i also noticed there's more people who are becoming less predisposed to him as we speak and there's a lot of Americans that are just like, oh, I don't like the guy who's presumably in charge of the country right now and I have more, I have more of a what's the word I have more of a, a I have more sympathy they're basically saying they have more sympathy
1: for the other guy. So I like and, how you say presumably in control of the country yeah. because there's a base, of people that believe that um that we're going through devolution right now i have
2: because that's the thing i have to be careful with what words i use is i don't want to get anybody wrought up thinking i'm like pro biden or a democrat or anything like that it's, like, it's just like people know that i am not for that whole system at, at all and i support federalism and all, that, all the stuff that Patriots and Libertarians and all of them support.
1: So go ahead and kind of describe what federalism is.
2: Federalism is basically the system we had prior to Lincoln and his administration. Because during the Civil War, Lincoln did away with federalism. Because federalism basically means, like, doesn't just mean states' rights, but it could also mean... Um, that the states have certain powers granted to them via federalism that the f- that the federal government does not have, because the states basically, like for instance in the Constitution, there is a there's a part of it presumably that has to do with nullification, so that any laws passed or, or legislation or mandates passed by the federal government are actually Nullified by the states if they are if the states consider or deem them unconstitutional and by that i mean by the standard of the u.s constitution not like the state constitution and like say texas is where we're at right so we're we're seeing
1: that right now in some of these mandates Mm -hmm. and they're varying from state to state so isn't there a book called the federalist (laughs)
2: there's a book called the federalist papers that was written back in like what like the like near like the beginning of like maybe the it's like the federalist, the federalist papers was basically a pamphlet that advocated for the the US, the, the us constitution and basically against what what, what people called uh, the confederation which was basically the articles of confederation was What we had before the constitution and that was just like a whole convoluted mess basically allowed the states to do whatever they wanted without any sort of check on 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 state power and so what the constitution did was was provide checks and balances not just for the federal government also for the state and local governments to an extent the state governments basically they control their own politics or they, that's how it was set up originally. I don't know how much of that is true today, right. but uh, the, the main gist of it is that federalism is supposed to be is supposed to be the system that we were that, w- that was set in place by the founders and the, fr- the framers of the Constitution to basically give the states their own separate powers from, from the uh, federal government. In regards to making their own laws and, you know. Essentially a safeguard. Yeah, it's basically, it's... So, like, what's going on right now, basically, with all the mandates, is that now governors of the red states are pushing back and saying, no, you can't do that. I'm the governor. You are the head of the executive branch of the federal government, but that doesn't mean anything here. Because here, I am in charge. Right. Right like so say DeSantis in Florida he's saying no I'm not going to do anything you tell me to just because you sit just because you presumably sit in the Oval Office does not mean you can tell me what how, how to run my own
1: state yeah there's been um, I'm pretty sure on mainstream media that Biden has been recording not in the White House
0: Yeah, um, I, I
2: saw like to add on to that i was watching cnn the other day nobody else noticed this but me because nobody was paying attention this goes to show you how sheepish I'm, sheep sheepish i hope i'm saying that right Or some
1: people are you want to call them the we sheeple? sheeple We can just <laughs> <use> the <sheeple.
0: laughs> okay. sheeple. Yeah,
2: I'll call them i'll call them whatever but i'm just no, <laughs> noticing that people are not really paying attention to even CNN anymore, even though they watch it and they have cable. Like, so what's even the point? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, but at the same time, anyway. So what I saw was basically it looked like Biden was standing in front of a green screen, and so it was Val Demings in like the whatever briefing press briefing room she was in for like Congress.
1: Yeah. And then, so it just goes to show you that maybe
2: it's most likely. To me, at least, this is how I perceive it. These people are not really where they say they are at times. Like, most of the time, Biden's not even in the in the White House. He's on a set or he's standing in front of a green screen. I, frankly, I don't even know if that's the real Joe Biden. I, I think he just looks too different from the, the Joe Biden that we knew uh, circa 2008 and onward.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, 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 developed
2: this, I developed this theory A conspiracy theory People want to call it that But I think it might actually Hold some truth to it That Joe Biden actually died before Sometime before 2016 And that this is actually an actor Using a deep fake
1: effect So one thing that Has been really interesting That me and you have talked about before um, in that a lot of anons, they follow Q and they kind of um, just take Q to be a either military intelligence or quantum intelligence that's able to predict with great accuracy um, the future and essentially future proves past. Um, and we've actually talked about Q in the Bible being a false prophet And what has made a lot of sense to me rather than, I guess not necessarily makes a lot of sense, but I wouldn't be surprised, is if we look back and we feel really silly because we're thinking that Q is our savior when actually Q is the enemy and knows everything that's gonna happen because he's the one doing it. And I'm not saying that that's what's happening, but I'm saying that when you look at things logically, that would make a lot of sense. When you look at how manipulated our current system is um, on a political level and how, whether there is or isn't um, any kind of election fraud or you know ballots being produced that, from dead people or people that aren't actually alive um, through mail-in voting and otherwise um, I just don't know that a whole lot would really surprise me at this point but that was like um, yeah. whenever you said that Q is a false prophet that really got me thinking that a lot of people that are looking um, to Q and the, the QAnon movement um, mm-hmm. maybe are like we're, we're kind of say. just being placated thinking that hey yeah. there's like there are people out there that have our best interest in mind to almost um, keep us from taking action ourselves because that's where like for me I believe that like the way forward is for us to claim back our sovereignty and do things right. on our own it's not to have any government agency do it for us because I feel like if that power is still there it can be corrupted going forward so like whenever we look right. at We the people the power of we the people um, whenever we have corrupt government, it's up to us to start over and essentially to kind of take our country back peacefully. Right? That's, that's what we want. Um, and just to not be, have our rights be trampled and to be respected. And a lot of this actually has to go back um, to do with property. So we actually don't own the things that we think that we do. So we're not sovereign. And we contract through, in my understanding, um, through our domic- domicile or domicile, like our place of residence is within like cities or corporations, right? They're there to make money. <laughs> yeah. And then we have not only police departments within that city, but we have yeah. sheriffs and constables and state troopers that all have different roles in different jurisdictions. So, like i'm working to educate myself on more of what each one of those entities are able to do and like what they're either there to serve or not but essentially we're um, statutory citizens of the united states is i believe how things are filed now and this is going to be part of a multi-part series there's a guy that i'm talking to he's filed as an american national and has a he has a record with the IRS, but he files taxes differently um, because he doesn't want to be a part of that system. And essentially you can tie this back to Kings, right? Like Kings and their servants, the servants were because the King owned the land and they lived on the land and they had to give tribute to the King, right? So you can call it tribute or taxes, but we essentially elect to be taxpayers. That's like a decision that we have made through either w twos, our current employers, that's something that we have to consent to. And I'm trying to work through how to reverse that, or like a good way to think of it would be if there's a baby that's born, not in a hospital, right? That baby doesn't necessarily have a social security number and isn't entered into any contract without consent or let's call it informed consent, right? Because I believe that all this begins at birth with our medical system that just as good humans, we we wouldn't think that there's evil in the world that seeks to dominate and control us in the way that that we have been. Um, But it really, it starts from such an early age and now we're dealing with it all in our face. It's not operating behind the scenes like we're seeing a lot in public schools with, critical race theory and gender identification and just so many things that don't have any place of anywhere outside of a child's parent talking to them about in my opinion so i think that there's a lot of change coming um and that it's already happening but i really i would like to form a group so we're in waxahachie we're in ellis county And I would like to form a group of people that are interested in learning more about what it is to be sovereign and what steps that you can take to do things the right way. Because that's, um, there's a lot of, um, it's really common law. We don't really have any common law courts, but it's law of the land. It's God's law. And we are all born sovereign. And it's time for us to take our power back. So... Um, if you want to email forever diligent at PM.me, if you're interested in getting, um, like a formal face-to-face group of people, um, together, I think that would be really good. And there's also an individual, like I was saying, he's already filed paperwork. I want to have him on the podcast mm-hmm. so that we can talk to him about, yeah. he's been learning this over for over 20 years and mm-hmm. like he's walking it yeah so I think definitely um, having him as a resource to um, ask questions and kind of just hear his stories like yeah. I just want to hear him like, hey, what have you done? like what have you run into with law enforcement? Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of the stories are like let's learn from other people yeah that aren't doing this the right way right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's really um, it's very empowering to know that um, that the future is so bright and that so many people are on the path that we are now. So yeah. now we just need to connect the dots. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people feel like they're on their own. Yeah. And they don't really, which I mean is good. Like We need to do everything for ourselves and we need to be educated. A lot of this um, has been buried from us. So we're not educated in, um, let's say, like the Bill of Rights. Like, I think it's important for everybody to memorize the Bill of Rights and the right. Constitution because that's what we have to fall back on. And that's not taught in schools yeah. that I know of. I was taught about it, but I had a very old history teacher mm-hmm. in junior high. And I think with the new, new age teachers, that's not in the curriculum. Yeah. And I believe it's 100% intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, for me, I'm going to start memorizing the Bill of Rights looking into that. And that's what I want to teach my kids, Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, the way you guys are saying it, do you believe that it's almost at a breaking point to go either way on the spectrum where it's either full governmental control or that people are... Or on the other side where people are actually going to start taking their power. Do you see, like, us at that breaking point right now? Or are there things that are going to cause us to get to that breaking point?
1: I'll let you field that first, Connor. Well, my
2: understanding... My understanding is that there's this false dichotomy of, like, Democrat and Republican or left and right, which... um, to me it seems funny because the only people I see in power, presumably in power, are the people that want to take more of our freedoms away from us. No matter which side of the aisle they're on. Right. So what I see is happening right now is actually ordinary Americans standing up for what they believe in, for what their rights are, are actually combating or like pushing back against the government and the deep state they're actually not really doing what the deep state or the government tells them they're like put on their masks get vaccinated stuff like that yeah the other the other thing about that is there are people are on the right who say you gotta have your freedoms but I don't know how many of those people are in congress because a lot of them voted for the vaccine uh, database right and those people need to go, frankly. I don't, care. I don't care even if the things that are said about the vaccine database on, on, on and, and their, their defense for it, I really don't care about that because as far as I'm concerned, we don't need another database of anybody's personal information that the government can use.
1: Yeah, so as far as a breaking point, no. And I say that because we still have food and grocery stores and like we're able i guess the way that i see it is that there's going to be parallel societies um that coexist with each other and that people are gonna have to make an option to either stay in the like not everyone's gonna want freedom Mm -hmm. and that's very apparent like i'm very um like i i love america like i'm a proud american And I want to be free and I'm willing to live on the land and do things differently to provide for my family Mm. in a way that I see fit. And I realized that other people aren't going to want to do that. Yeah. can't. So, yeah. So I, I feel like the other system will be there as long as people are willing to support it. Yeah. So like, I want to be the change that, I want to see in the world mm-hmm. and I don't want to put my money into um, that's that's where our control is is what where we put our money yeah right if we don't support something if people don't buy it it's not gonna be there mm-hmm. so like in our house we like to eat all organic which is non GMO yeah. means foods aren't genetically modified right and we like our we're kind of trying to transition away from a lot of the meats the red meats and to eat more vegetable based but it
2: would be nice to return to like what do you call it agrarian sort of
1: yeah it would be more like supporting your local farmer's markets and, like, going like, to a local farmer to buy a quarter cow instead yeah. of buying a pound or however much yeah, they're grow your oh, own yeah. crops and raise your own livestock. So it's like I almost have these visions of what it is to live off the land in communities like that. Some people see it as villages, as going back to, like, postmodern yeah. times. Not necessarily, I mean, the Amish, you know, yeah, they're still right. doing it. But there's yeah, a lot of... completely te- disconnected from everything. I know, yeah. And that's... And yeah, um, on purpose. Right. So it's... I think that there's so much technology um, that it would be... Like I just feel it's very interesting that I'm willing to give that up to get back to what I feel like are my roots. Yeah. Which if you want to call them like being a hippie, know, uh, living yeah. off the land, yeah. you know, it's farming... yeah Yeah. homesteading it just it that's what i feel like i'm being guided to do and it's for you know the future of not just me and my wife but our children and their children's children and so like i'm seeking now to learn more about what it is um to get land patents and elodial titles which essentially means that um that you own the land that you don't owe Anything to any city or county because there's no one over you to say that you do.
2: It's kind of like living in a cabin in the woods. You don't, nobody really owns that
1: area. Yeah. So we would be like unincorporated, which Texas, Texas, I believe, is the only state that is actually a republic. So we have more rights here in Texas than other states do already. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I I wholeheartedly believe that I was born here for a reason for this reason for what what I want to do going forward so I'm doing everything I can to learn and educate myself on that there's like literally thousands of pages of reference material um, of just how to do things the right way um, to keep yourself you know from getting in legal ramifications or not accepting any debate to be taken and, into court and there's
2: plenty of loopholes out there that people have not yet discovered that they could take advantage of just to get just to break free from the basically the whole government or whatever and just be private citizens again and not really owe any sort of fealty to to our federal federal overlords, deep state yeah. people who basically, because like the problem is that Texas, like politically, Texas actually contributes more in federal it contributes more in, in taxes than than any other state. I would, I, I think, and they, and, they and, and and in return for that, they receive less federal funding than any other state. Yeah, so why is it that we're still part of this union if we're treated differently than, state, say, like California or you know, New York, you know, states that actually get receive more federal funds than Texas does, even though Texas probably pays the most taxes yeah. out of any other state?
1: We've been. The
2: problem, the problem with that is that's basically a yoke of some sort. So We're like, basically a vassal state more than just a regular yeah. state in the union. Yeah.
1: So if you pay attention to look at license plates when you're driving around, there are people moving to Texas from all over. Yeah. It's not just yeah, you know. Well, California. yeah, that, that's a big one. I've seen a lot of Michigan. And Michigan, you, you can York. kind of tie it back yeah. to these tyrannical governors that here. are like. Just imposing all these mandates and the people are right. just had enough. Yeah. And they're like, I've seen people I'm moving. I've seen people moving, moving in to from Texas. New
2: I've seen people moving in from New York and Illinois and all over the place. So it's like Right,
1: yeah. It's it's those left leaning areas of the country. It's
2: like it's like uh, the people running Illinois are just completely corrupt. Same way, thing with New York and California. Illinois, and the reason I bring up, like, those three particular blue states is because those are the three particular blue states that have, like, the dynastic uh, factions of what what people call the Democratic Party. In, In New York, you have the Clintons, in Illinois, you have the Obamas, and then in California, you have at least, like, four families, the Newsoms, the Pelosi's, the Browns, and the Gettys. Right, and they're all and they're all inter, intertwined with each other to some extent. Because, because, get this: Gavin Newsom is Nancy Pelosi's nephew. A
1: lot of people don't know that. Um, and she, it's really... she married, and she married into the Pelosi family. And
2: he's because, like, the thing it's kind of it's kind of like they're the mafia. They like trade uh, family members at times. Like, there was this one politician that was adopted by another. Uh, Cal- family California, family of California royalty, and I think that was, I don't know if that was a newsome or something else. But like, like Nancy Pelosi actually married into the Pelosi family. Her maiden name was the or something. But they, they're all basically part of the same network of, of political dynasties, and because of that, they basically rule California. <laughs> Because th- there's four very powerful families that basically, con- basically control or dominate California politics, and it's honestly kind of unfair. Because no matter like no matter what who you vote for, you still get those four fam- same four families.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting to follow bloodlines, um, and this goes back to like Kazarian roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say it goes back to even, like, the
2: Bible, like...
1: Yeah, I would say that's the foundation, the, 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 for sure.
2: You ever heard of the Christ strain? Like, that, it's there.
1: Talk about that some more? Say what? I said talk about that some more. Can you explain I what Okay, so...
2: About? So I don't really know the whole details of, like, what the Christ strain is, but from what I understand from, like, the bits and pieces of it, it's basically anyone who shares the same bloodline as Jesus... Okay. Like his, modern de- his modern day descendants if, if there are any presumably right. I would say that there probably are because there's a lot that was left out of the Bible that we don't even know
1: about yeah <clears throat> right and
2: they never really said that Jesus they never really explicitly stated that Jesus never had children or that he was you know because Mary Magdalene obviously must have loved yeah. him
0: so, there was a point where he Jesus even disappeared for like 13 years or something, right? Or when he was 13, he disappeared for a while, and there's no just written documentation of what was going on in that time period. Yeah, they don't really even know what
2: happened, that's what I'm saying. Like, And then there was this other part right. of the New Testament where he flipped yeah. over Joseph's table. So from my understand, he uh, was basically... Like, a lot of people said, there was this uh, meme I found that said, basically, it's like, many men wanted to become a god, but only one god, but only god became a man, or something to that effect. Right. And then it showed, like, pictures of, like, Napoleon, King Tut, and uh, I guess, like, Genghis Khan, and I forget the I guess it was Hitler or Stalin or something, and then, and then it, uh, the one where only one, only God became a man, that showed Jesus. Right. So, what that tells me is basically that, like the whole thing with like the price strain is that I guess some people have divine blood or something. Because if Jesus is the Son of God, then he's also God. Then that would mean all well, his modern-day descendants share that same strain of DNA. And because of that, people just—I think there are some people that are actually—and and this is just speculation on my part—but I think the people that have the, the Christ strain, like possibly me or. or
1: immune to the, the the effects of the vaccine yeah that'd be really interesting to
0: see i mean throughout beliefs and like uh, parts of the world there's always that uh back history of some god figure or spirit high spirit figure coming and embodying in a human form and that that just scatters throughout every religion and part of the world for years so uh, for that to be a possibility is pretty high. That. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty clear to me
2: that there's a lot in history that we were not told about that's been kept hidden. Like, I think, because I'm right now I'm writing this whole uh, mythology about America being sort of an inherently spiritual nation, and it basically traces back to the Bible and all of that. Basically, and like my understanding, because I had these clairvoyant dreams of like Jesus actually did have this modern-day descendants, or he had like a child with Mary Magdalene or something, and that child ended up being like the progenitor of the people who eventually settled in America. Because in the mythology mm-hmm. I'm writing, the, basically the Knights Templar. Came over and tried to establish like a satanic temple or satanic sort of occultist religion from their time worshiping Baphomet. And that's what came to that was the Freemasons. And basically, the Puritans came over and tried to purify the land. That's their name, Puritans. And they, for a time, they succeeded in keeping the Freemasons in check. And then, uh, then they eventually left and then some, some of them came back and established their own colonies and one of them was Jamestown, although okay. they were a lot less puritanical, they were typical uh, Europeans but like the ones in like Plymouth like New England, the, the, that whole place like Plymouth and Salem and all that they were the puritanical ones and St. Augustine which was the Spanish colony which is called the oldest city in America that one had. this was presumably where the Fountain of Youth was and I think there's a scientific uh, explanation for the Fountain of Youth
1: it has but to I don't do really know method. how to articulate say what? it has to do with how the water is structured? Oh no, it's just like
2: there's some kind of uh, substance or material chemical or something in the water that keeps people young. Yeah. Or it or just makes them appear young or it just grants them some form of longevity.
1: Yeah, I was looking into deuterium and whether that's in our water or not, I'm not sure, but apparently there's different levels and it um is very similar to hydrogen but it can advance people's aging um significantly so i would be interested to know if there's like deuterium free water and that's what the fountain of youth is right well, like, uh, like the way i describe
2: like the whole thing with like the celebrities and like yeah, you know, like the whole Q&A thing and people saying, do you honestly believe any of that so I'm like, to an extent, I have I have to admit that, I mean, to the extent that I have to admit that celebrities do receive blood transfusions from young people, and that's why they look so youthful in appearance. So to that degree, mm. I would say, yes, something like that is happening. I would say that people are not looking at it at at, at this glass being, you know, you know, it's like they're, they're looking at it in a in a way that they're saying, okay, so they think that it's not actually happening or something like them getting blood transfusions from young people isn't actually happening. It's
1: yeah. very clear. This is all public information. <laughs> I think they have that on South this. Park. Yeah. So it's it's like, interesting. <laughs> not, not that like South Park is a real good way to go get your news. Right, yeah. But I feel like <laughs> that Hollywood like puts clear. out the truth in movies yeah. and it's yeah. up yeah. to us to decide oh that can't be real. And they're just yeah. like, okay, yeah. you don't want to believe right, it. Yeah. Here it is. And even, like, um, in The Dictator, like that clip from The Dictator yeah, that you sent to me, it's like, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah, um, yeah the whole democracy
2: speech where he's saying, you know, all this stuff that actually came true in America. Like, why are you so anti-dictator?
0: Yes. Yeah. It doesn't seem, like, too far-fetched of an idea, because it makes, in, like, normal people, like us, not being in a scientific mind state all the time, it makes sense. That it would work like that, and it's not like far-fetched that there's kid blood out there. You know, it's not like they're having to hunt the kids down or whatever they they could be doing. But there has to be a supply for them to be, uh, you know, using already. We know. I'll say this much: we we know
2: the very least of what they're doing regarding blood transfusions from young people. And that being the explanation they give, all I know is that for for all, for all that, I could probably come to the conclusion that maybe it goes the rabbit hole goes deeper than that. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just, for now, I'm just like, you know, people are going to have to figure this out on their own eventually. And if they don't, then they're they're pretty much out of luck. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's just that's just how it is. You know, people have this information presented to them. And they just completely disregard it.
1: And that's where. um...
2: Falsehoods or conspiracy theories or something ridiculous like that. I mean, the ridiculous part of saying that something that's investigative journalism is is actually a falsehood or a conspiracy theory. That's ridiculous. Like, these people go out there and expose the truth, and all you can think of, all these people can think of is, oh, they're lying. What would they have to gain from that? What like, like what would, what, what would uh, Ben Swan or James O'Keefe have to gain from exposing the truth to everybody for all to see? Nothing. They're not famous. They're only famous for being investigated journalists, but they're not famous for being part of the establishment. They're outsiders. What do you... Like, people just don't... Understand what I don't think people understand investigative
1: journalism. Yeah, like people—people have exposed all
2: of this already, and it's there for everyone
1: to see. Yeah, we just live in a digital age now, where like we're consuming information through videos and just consumed by whatever TikTok videos, Instagram, Facebook.
2: I like TikTok. Why did I say TikTok? What the heck was that? Uh, let, let me start over. I think TikTok has sort of become like a, its own bubble for people who have echo chambers just to go in and, and have their own like s- safe space to really tell people what it is they, they, especially political TikTok. Like mm-hmm. they 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 all especially on the liberal side they have nothing but an echo chamber. And then there's the people on the conservative side that also kind of have an echo chamber, but they're a little bit more tolerable because I have a predisposition to people who think that ideas like socialism or you know, like basically all this other stuff that the, the, the left seems to be preaching nowadays... Yeah. There's There are very few people on the left that I actually find tolerable but the very few, that I, the select few that I find tolerable are the ones that are actually not falling into the same traps that all these other leftists and liberals are falling into. They're basically it's like Jimmy Dore is probably one of the few red-tailed leftists I actually, I actually respect. So
1: actually, an interesting uh, side I take that note back. I like to take that back because I think
2: I just think that I have, there, any time there's a red-pilled leftist, I'd say that's actually better than a blue-pilled leftist, because a blue-pilled leftist is basically all oh, identity politics and cancel culture and political correctness. A red-pilled leftist would be somebody who just focuses on working-class issues like they should, because that's what basically what a, a leftist, in regards to left-wing populism and Right. The issues that are actually important and relevant, though that's the things that they should be focused on, but instead the people in the Democratic Party just fucked up because now they're too focused on trivial matters to really appeal to the working class in the way that they used to be able to do, so now the Republicans are the ones that that, that are doing that.
1: So, with the current landscape, the current lay of the land, when we're looking at Senators versus House of Republicans. Each state has two senators, correct? That is,
2: that's how it's always been since America's founding.
1: So I just, I want this to be informational to a lot of people um, that may not know that. The Uh House of Representatives is based on population. Uh So I was reading something the other day that there's like 28 something Democratic people that are currently hold office in the House that are not seeking re-election. I feel that is really interesting. There's a lot
2: of establishment Republicans that are also not seeking re-election that nobody's talking about.
1: I know, but that's like, that's huge. I feel like um, there's big change coming. Like the
2: the the only House Republican I can think of that I can't tell whose side he's on but I have to remain vigilant towards him anyway for for my own sake is Dan Crenshaw
1: because he says things that often
2: align with conservative values, but then he goes he goes out and does things that are sort of flip floppity. Mm-hmm. Like they like he'll Will say that the vaccine database was actually not what other people are saying it is, and so he has to clarify what the reason why he voted for it and why he supports it. Which I which I understand, but at the same time, I don't think he should have voted for it because it's just an excuse to take away more privacy rights. And I think that's why. Why does the federal government need to need to be involved in monitoring citizens who haven't been vaccinated? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it's, like, it's like what the Patriot Act is doing with people who could be potentially, terroristic. You know, like why there's no there's no threat of domestic terrorism in the U.S. That's the only domestic terrorism I can think of in the U.S. that's actually a threat is on what, is basically the people who are. Basically, the paramilitary wings of the Democratic Party—if there's ever—if there's ever been one, like Antifa and all of them—but they—they're just thugs, you know. It's like kind of like how some police officers, like the majority of them, are enforcers
1: of a corrupt system that hates people like us. There's there's tons of movies about that. There's no lack. I think there's a movie called. 355 in the the theaters right now Mm -hmm. and there were some people that were saying that it was the only movie showing in some of the local theaters which i checked here and walked to actually that's not the case but i believe um that there's a whole lot on the big screen and netflix and don't look up and a whole lot of other things that are the timing of the release that they're coming out is just really interesting and a lot mm-hmm. of them have to do with the government not being forthcoming and honest so it's I like, not I, I couldn't even
2: sit through cause like everybody you know what happens at the end of that movie don't you like everyone basically spoiler alert
1: Hang, I don't hang spoil on, this hang video, on I don't wanna spoil it, it. <laughs> <laughs> right. people that haven't seen it should watch it it's it's a, it's a good so, movie. Yeah. I want to say it's a little just, over two hours, so if you're looking yeah. to kill some time, it's
0: been out there. I'll just say this. If you don't like watching movies where bad stuff
2: happens to people, don't watch it. <laughs> but if you just want to have a good time yeah. and give it a chance, and go ahead and watch it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I'm one of those
2: people that doesn't like watching movies where bad stuff happens to people. Yeah, that's why I don't watch crime shows or anything like that it's like too ugh for me.
1: Yeah, it's too. Yeah. Real. I used to like Criminal
2: <laughs> Minds. I used to like Criminal Minds until later in life when I realized, oh, these people remind me too much of like serial killers and really <laughs> sick, demented people. Yeah, like, that I really don't like. So
1: there's very few series or anything on TV that I'm even. <laughs> Like guided me even entertain myself with anymore. Me and my wife, we found one called The Foundation. It's on Apple TV. It's really good. All uh, these are like sci-fi and have to do with space. Yeah. Um. And technology. So it's really interesting to me because a lot of that um, resonates yeah. with me big time right now. That was all
2: Isaac Asimov's work. He did. He wrote the Foundation trilogy.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of books um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I think would I'm be really good to read. Earth and
2: all that. Like, mm-hmm. like it was a, it's an interesting show. My dad got into it a bit. Uh, yeah, it was, my dad's pretty down to earth. The problem is, my dad is also one of those people that I think is not as uh, tuned into all of the. Things that we are basically very, uh, pr- a lot of things that we're aware of, he's not really uh, catching on to, or he doesn't believe that it's actually happening. But what's yeah. funny is he'll often contradict himself, like when he says that, well, like, well, like with regards to the big tag, it's like, oh, it's a private company, they can do whatever they want. But then he watches videos of people saying, oh, big tech needs to be reined in because they're censoring people. They're clearly in league with the government. And And then he'll somewhat agree with that sentiment, and it's like, Dad, you just told me that big tech should not be regulated. Right? You just told me that they can do whatever they want because they're private companies, even though that clearly isn't the... Clearly isn't what's happening here. What's happening here is crony capitalism, and the fact that these corporations, like big tech, the media, all that, you know, academia, all these multinational corporations, the government, basically everything that they're all in a symbiotic relationship. So to say that we can't rein in big tech is to say that we can't rein in the powers of the federal government at this point, because. Big tech is in cahoots with them. They have members of Congress who are in their pockets. So, my understanding is, yes, we should rein in big tech because if we don't, nothing will nothing will really be accomplished except for more people getting deplatformed and censored and basically ostracized off off the internet and put on the no-fly list and. But, but, and then they'll be barred from using the banking system. The thing is, like, this is, like, soft totalitarianism. We're not going to have hard totalitarianism because that – you're not going to have the secret police come to take you to a prison camp in the middle of a, frosty, a frozen wasteland.
1: Yeah, they don't I don't have, think so. They don't – I think that was the it. plan, but I, I think that no, no, – no, no, no,
2: no, no. They don't, but the thing is, they don't have to do that. That's why they're not coming. They can yeah. just ostracize you. Or they can kick you off the internet. They can put you on the, put you on a no-fly list. And
0: they can bar you from using the banking system. So you bas- yeah. that's basically like a social credit system. Silent weapons. It,
1: it, yeah. Say okay, that
0: one more time. Oh, I said silent weapons for quiet wars.
1: What do you say? Silent weapons for quiet wars.
2: Exactly. It's like they're not going to send the Gestapo after us because they don't have to. They can just, again, they can just do
1: all those things I said they're doing now. Yeah. And they can make it so that we don't have a
2: voice to really speak for ourselves and say, hey, this is wrong. Because anytime you say something is wrong or that the government is wrong, if you criticize them, you'll, you'll just be ostracized. They don't. They don't. They don't need to drag you off to like a prison camp because, or any of the FEMA camps because, again, it's that would just be sort of unnecessary at this point. They can just if they can just, you know, bar you from all parts of like civil society and just just you know take you off certain lists, put you on new ones where you're just blacklisted. You lose your job. You have no livelihood. You're just. You're a sitting duck. Yeah. Yeah, for
0: sure. So for you, Connor, uh, where did you start with getting involved in all of this and just kind of leading from that into where uh, people that listen to this can start and uh, to inform themselves of all this stuff going on? I started paying more attention to these kind of things
2: beginning in 2020, like like the moment like hindsight is 2020 the moment all that stuff started happening that year is when i think i became most involved and decided to become more politically inclined because the thing is like the thing is like originally originally i was completely anti-trump now i'm sort of on the fence I i don't have anything against him but I don't really have any, I don't really speak in favor of him pu- publicly either because I don't want to be ostracized from, right. I don't want to be alienated by my, the people who say that they, you know, like, I have a lot of people I know who are my friends who definitely have bought into the whole mainstream media narrative that Trump's a bigot. <laughs> Which is clearly, I, when you talk about something like that, you say he's a bigot, you know. He met with Rosa Parks. How are you going to tell me he's a bigot? How
1: you right. going to tell
2: me that Biden isn't? I mean, the guy was meeting with... When, when Trump was meeting with, with civil rights activists, Biden was meeting with segregationists and members of the Ku Klux Klan and all that. You're going to tell me...
1: you are you going to tell me Trump's the racist?
0: Yeah. Come on. That's
1: a good point. It, it, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, how, how do you decide... What's real and he donated what you don't see it with you He
2: donated to Je- Jesse Jackson's presidential campaign. I don't see how you can.
1: I mean, there's a lot, mess. a lot of information that people don't know about Trump. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like for it to be widely accepted moving forward, that it may need to be a different individual that, that rolls out a new America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: because the thing is that. And another thing about that that really sort of uh, perplexed me, but at the same time, I wasn't surprised, is that I don't know how much of what Trump is saying about himself is to be true, because a lot of the stuff he's, a lot of the policies he's pursued and the fact that he's met with people like Henry Kissinger while he was president and basically pursued like the whole. Like, I, I don't know if he's pursued the coke agenda, but like stuff where he basically met with and, and in, in implemented policies that were very uh, sort of I guess quasi-establishmentarian because like the fact that he met with Henry Kissinger and, and like kissed up to him that, that Kissinger is a for, for one thing, Henry Kissinger is, is a, is a is a Harry is a, Kissinger is a traitor, and, a, and a, I don't know if I can call him a war criminal, but he's a traitor, and he belongs in jail like the rest of them. Because as like a Secretary of State, he did a lot of things that I personally think find appalling, and I think a lot of other people will find personally appalling.
1: Yeah, are you and, wanting people to kind of do their own research on that? Or do you want, want to expand me, a little I'll, bit? But i want people to go out and
2: do their homework and basically look for this stuff pay attention to the to, to what's being said by our, our our so-called leaders and representatives pay attention to that and, and not only that but pay attention to how it's being said yeah like pay real close attention because you never know like Ronald reagan said it himself the most
1: terrifying words in the human language are, I am the government, and I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I like that. A, even Reagan had like, his times of
2: being abhorrent, but I, I think he was, generally speaking, I think he was a, a very effective president. I wouldn't say he was a good person, but I will say he was a great president. I would say he did a lot for the country that needed to be done, and that doesn't necessarily make him a good man. We've had lots of presidents who were egotistic narcissists, and that's right. just basically, you kind of have to be an asshole to be in politics to an extent, because, you know, that's kind of why people say, that's kind of why I think Jimmy Carter was such a terrible president, was because, and no offense to him, I like him, he's a really sweet guy. He just, he was not good at being president because he was too nice, you know? Yeah. And he was just so sincere about people being, you know, economically disenfranchised, but he couldn't do anything about it. He was, the economist. He was just not a politician. You know, he was a peanut farmer. He spent <laughs> one term in the Georgia House of Representatives, and one term as governor of Georgia, and then became president for <laughs> did you believe it? One term. And then he lost to Reagan, and Reagan became president, and he, everything changed. There are some things that we get into, some of the things that Reagan did that I think were negative, like allowing for the rise of the Christian right, which I think have basically done more to legislate morality and extend federal overreach than any other faction in the Republican Party, but that's just my opinion at the end of the day I think people should go out there and pursue their own knowledge of, and their own or, or personal understanding of what's really happening in the world politically culturally spiritually whatever uh, there's things people there are things people need to know that they're not really receiving knowledge about receiving information about from yeah. from the mainstream media and that's why they need to unplug from that and they need to cancel their cable subscriptions and they need to go onto the internet go to the public library look for every tidbit of
1: information they can get that that isn't tainted by any sort of like implicit bias and yeah i would say that that's that's somewhat good advice <laughs> maybe a little extreme would, it's
2: better it's better than being plugged into
1: cnn you know, Yeah, I'll, I'll say that much yeah i would like, say that like Pretty much what I've been doing is just looking on Fox News app to see what the headlines are and what, like, they're actually saying now. Not that I believe it, but just for – I would like to know, like, what information people that are are still following the news are ingesting and, like, how obvious or what kind of what's being said for – it's not even the general population, but I guess for people that are considering that to be truth still. Um, But I I do want to say there's a good – source of information called the Sovereignty Education and Defense Ministry. It's a website and you can go to the sedm.org and they have a lot of free information on there um, to research as far as being sovereign and the different ways um, that you can classify yourself.
2: controlled by one person in his family so i can't really
0: trust everything that the, the, the people the talking heads on there are saying right. but
2: there's one there's one person on there who i actually think is trying to tell the truth so something that's there i think tucker carlson is so independent within Fox News
1: right.
2: he's the most watched man in America it can't be coincidence
1: yeah I don't really believe in coincidences anymore
2: me neither I mean it's just too it's too obvious to me that Tucker Carlson despite the fact that he works for Fox News is
1: going to still going to pursue. Truth and actually tell people basically what they what they need
2: to hear instead of what they want to hear from the talking heads.
1: Like yeah. CNN, the problem is CNN often like even Fox News does this with everybody else. They often use fear mongering to get the people
2: to support policies that go against their interests. Right. Um. In regards to, like, News Corp, which owns all, like, the right-wing media outlets, most of them, at least, they do sort of the same thing that CNN and NBC and all of them do, and that's why I just can't watch those channels anymore, because, number one, my dad canceled our, our cable subscription for that very reason, he was tired of the talking heads, spouting off divisive rhetoric, and getting people to to,
1: to to basically polarize themselves into one side or the other, and
2: yeah. support nonsensical policies and legislation that again conflicts their con- conflicts with their interests. So you're just like, yeah, no, I'm done here. I'm just going to watch videos on the internet of people who are not mainstream media talking heads. Yeah, that's, that are actually
1: they're actually trying to do some investigative journalism. They're actually trying to play devil's advocate, like John Stossel. Yeah, actually make valid points and try to
2: get people, try to sway people over to their side of things. And you know,
1: just i not, just, I want to get to I'm, a point that people are allowed to have opinions and not just argue. Like you can talk and disagree with somebody, and that's fine. I disagree um, with people all the time.
2: And the, the problem is people get too offended or too triggered over yeah. somebody else's opinions but the problem is a lot of a lot of those other people treat their opinion as factual when in actuality it's just an opinion You right. can't treat something that is, that is totally subjective as something as being an ob- objectivity You know like it's not objectively true if it's an opinion an opinion is just it's like you. It's basically your truth versus the truth. Yeah. And the <laughs> truth is is what's objective. Like an opinion is something that's ascribed to a person, and what they truly believe uh, on certain uh, on certain uh, topics of interest or whatever you know, politically or otherwise, religiously otherwise, like people. There are some people that think that Jesus is the son of God, and there are other people that think that he wasn't. Right. You know, there, there are people who, affiliate with the, who, who align with the values of the Democratic Party, and there are people who align with the values of the Republican Party. But, like, let me just say this. Anybody who makes up their mind before they hear the issue is a fool, Because I just, like, if if you can't really be a person and think about th- think about things in a rational way the, uh, maybe, maybe in a sense be pragmatic if you have to be but like most people tend to get under your skin a lot of the times because they're just so ignorant and they say things that are inflammatory and they try to make enemies out of friends and those people I just can't deal with anymore because they're just toxic
1: yeah Got to get him out of your life. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Those people are asking for trouble, and those, I find that to be really ridiculous. But oh. they think they can
2: argue with, me, with someone like me who's actually paid attention and done his research. You know, I am more educated than they are on these issues, and I am 100% sure
1: that I am smarter than the U.S. Department of Defense yeah i'm i'm really um i feel blessed to have you in my life i always have and i'm really interested to see where um your political career and everything that you aspire to do like where that goes because we need more people like you that kind of see things for what they are and see the good in humanity and see what we need to do to get there and um or what we need to break to get there too. My
2: advice to people are still basically on like the whole train of thought that we need to be we need to be like well people need to let me just put it this way people need to be more open and transparent with what they believe and who they, who they choose to associate with because just because someone voted for Trump, does not make them a bad person. I don't know what makes people think that just because you vote Republican or because you vote for Trump makes you a bad person. I know plenty of people who voted for Trump who are really good people, who may have voted for him because they didn't like Hillary, who may have voted for him because they liked his policies but were appalled by his behavior and his rhetoric, you know? I know plenty of people who didn't support Trump but didn't like Biden. They hated Biden more, so they voted in opposition to him. And those people still lost, but they, they didn't
1: complain about it like the liberals do. Yeah, just kind of deal with it. There's yeah, I don't nothing, for one minute believe that he to... is the most popular president in our history and received 81 <laughs> thinks... million or whatever said votes. That just, yeah. I, I have a hard time believing that. that. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say this. Anyone who thinks
2: that Biden is doing a better job than any
1: of our other presidents in history, even Trump, and I'll say that with all utmost transparency and honesty, is a fucking idiot. <laughs> because the... the yeah, I think we could, uh, like we could end with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do need to go bowling with my kids and yeah. do some other things today. I'd like to wrap things up shortly. But... I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm all 100%
2: for Trump but I'm definitely not 100% for Biden I, I'm a pragmatist I'm going to vote for whoever I think will do the best job as president you know, I mean, being an independent and all that Just uh, vote, I could I'd probably vote for either Democrats or Republicans in the past not just for presidential elections but, like, I, I focus on the, the individual candidates, not the parties
1: that they're uh, affiliated
0: with. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I think that's important. It um, is very important. I also do want to try to keep these podcasts somewhat able for, you know, around an hour. Or something, oh, yeah, for right. for our audience, because yeah. we can do these right. often. Like yeah.
0: And- Which it was good to hear from you, Connor, and, uh, <laughs> you know... Uh, for the first time, I get that it was gonna be a little long. We got a lot to uh, a lot of ground to cover, but hopefully, like Jonathan's saying, we can get together again soon, monthly or uh, every other week, whichever way it works. Uh, I'll definitely be talking to both of y'all pretty soon. Great. All right, thank y'all so much, guys.
2: Thank Bye. you.